Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's pain-free Friday for us on our minutes on the mahogany. Waxing it up 100, 200. The bad state of broken, ain't a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. They understand it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. All my friends, they come around, fight the fight, party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs in town, what a mess, it's time to tatter. Brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855-212-4CBS is our toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. So they were just showing Tulsa's problems all year kicking field goals. They showed, like, you know, the last three or four games, they've missed, like, game-winning field goals. And then they just recovered a fumble, got down to the 10-yard line, and Central Florida stopped them. And then they line up to kick like a 25-yard field goal. And sure enough, the kid shanked it. He missed it. I mean, it is unbelievable. And that was to basically – the game was tied, 31 apiece. That was to, you know, take the lead with seven minutes left. And the kid shanked it. I mean, their kicking game is just so pathetic. And you wonder why their uh, their crowd is literally – there's like five people at the game in Tulsa to watch Central Florida play. Sad. I mean, there's nobody there. Have you seen the crowd? It's I mean, like, honestly, on a Friday night in Tulsa, I, I get it. Team good, team bad. Who cares? You're telling me that they can't get the, just all the kids to go to the school to go to the game? Right. Did you see how empty it is? I mean, is it cold there tonight? I hope I mean, so. what is the problem? But it is empty. I mean, flat out empty. There's it's no Friday one night there. football in Tulsa, Oklahoma here. Maybe it's freezing. Who knows? It's freezing here. Wear a jacket. I'm wearing no shoes and no underpants. I just wanted to say that early in the show tonight. I'm watching the Knicks. They lead the Mavericks, believe it or not, by five. It's a miracle, but uh, there's still five minutes left in the third, so plenty of time for them to still screw this up. They never win. Look at Frank Nilakina putting on some moves and giving Randall the three bomb from the wing. Randall keeps hitting threes. He's laughing. I've been watching him all night draining threes. I've seen him hit two threes in the last two minutes. So, Pacers beat the Pistons by six. I think the Pistons were getting like six and a half or seven. I, I'm pretty sure they covered. Cavs uh, won in D.C., 113-100. Magic, 118-86 blowout. The Grizz in the big O at the half. 
The Sixers were getting what? Detroit was getting seven and a half. There you go. Cover. Sixers up 57-42 over the Nuggets in Denver at the half. Also at the half, Jazz putting it on the Bucks by 20. I gave you that Knicks score. 80 to 69 now, Knicks. In the fourth, six left. Raptors lead in New Orleans, 103-92. T-Wolves at home, down three to the Warriors. You seldom come out to play. 92-89 Warriors. The final, just checking in. Kings over the Hawks, 121-109. I took the Kings on the road with the double cover. Very exciting. Also... Uh, is there hockey activity tonight? I believe there is. Red Wings lead the Bruins in the third, three to two, if you can believe it, in uh, Detroit Rock City. Jets up on the Canucks in the third. Ten minutes left, two to one, Pharrell Peg. Devils and Oilers are underway in the second at Edmonton, Pharrell Alberta. No score there. And in Sweden, they played the game in Sweden. I think they're going to play again tomorrow. That is correct. The Lightning beat the Sabres three to two. Kucherov scored. And Vasilevsky made 20 saves to give Tampa the win. There you go. Now, I know that uh, the last impression I got was that there was college basketball, plenty of it tonight. And I've got, like, you know, scores. I heard earlier, like, the, you know, Duke blowout score and all that business. So I'm going to give you a look at, like, you know, some of the teams – in terms of, uh, you know, anybody that matters in terms of scores on the uh, Friday night scene. These are uh, ranked teams. Kansas up only four at the half on Greensboro. Utah State leads Weber big, 62-17. They are whacking them. Baylor, 14-8 on Washington out of the gates. Kentucky, a winner over Eastern Kentucky, 91-49. Duke, 89-55 over Colorado State. North Carolina, 78-62 over Wilmington. Memphis, 92-46 over Illinois-Chicago. Xavier, 81-63 over Siena. LSU, 88-79 over Bowling Green. Auburn, 76-66 over Davidson. And VCU beat North Texas by three. Brett Hudson covers the tide for the Tuscaloosa News. He'll join us to talk about Alabama and LSU, the featured dish tomorrow at 3.30 East on CBS. That's at 10.20, coming up here in about eight minutes, and then at 11 o'clock in the final hour, Jamie Eisenberg. He's going to do your fantasy football blowout for the weekend, Uh, who to start, who to sit, who to deal, what to do, because he's better at fantasy than you. You're terrible at running your team. You always lose. Your friends are making fun of you. End all of that. Submit to Jamie Eisenberg on the bench, and you'll get the best answers you need to win your fantasy league this weekend. Potential number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft, Memphis forward James Wiseman has been ruled ineligible by the NCAA, but uh, he did play tonight as the judge issued a stay, halting the ruling for now. So what's the deal? Is the guy, they're going to let him play tonight and then never play again? I, I got a big problem with this whole thing. If what I read about the story is true, so allegedly, Penny Hardaway gave the kid's family like eleven grand to help him move to Memphis or something like that. Like that, the kid obviously has nothing to do with that situation, probably, right? And now this kid, who wasn't allowed to go enter the NBA when he was probably ready to, 
and he was forced to go play at a college for a year. So his family goes and makes whatever deal with Penny Hardaway to get him moved into Memphis, and now he's going to suffer for it and not get to play basketball this year? That's right. That is why, right there, once again, the NCAA is just a problem. And if they if they don't like this stuff, then let the kids just go. And maybe that's an NBA thing, too. I get the NBA also has their rules with when these kids are allowed to enter the draft. Fix it. Because now this kid gets shafted for the whole year. He's not going to get to play basketball. He can't play. I, now, I agree with you that he, he should be, uh, you know, allowed to play ball or whatever. But I don't uh, think it's uh, kosher to, like, Move families to Memphis. Well, this wasn't like this. He moved there a couple years ago. Right. This was before Penny was even the coach at Memphis, is when he was coaching like high school there and had an AAU team and moved them so that he would play on his high school and AAU team. So that's even more shady to me. So it had nothing to do with this. Didn't have anything to do with Memphis, but because Penny did this and then he became the Memphis head coach, said, you know what? I'm going to go play with him. Then I'll give you that. I didn't know it was like that. But that's even more shady. That's why the AAU program and all that stuff is so dirty. Yeah. It's just, then let the kids like this who, uh, let them go right to the NBA then. Like, honestly, if he's good enough, not going to let the kid play now this year? They're all getting paid. They're all getting paid. Yeah. We just saw it with all this Nike, the, the Adidas stuff, right? Didn't we just see all this right, stuff? Right, the FBI. Enough. Ohio State star pass rusher Chase Young will miss tomorrow's game against Maryland and possibly more for a possible NCAA rules violation. So... What did I hear there that uh, his uh, he he got money from an agent? A, a family friend was what you know in quotations. Family friend. Family friend which, is the an family a- friend ended up being an agent. An agent. Uh, but you know it, it is one. It is, again. Now that's dirty. Yes, that is dirty. So he shouldn't be allowed to play at all. Uh, he's still going to play in the NFL next year. Well, but, go you know, to the it's... NFL then, but he should not be allowed to play at right. Ohio State the rest of the season if he, this superstar player was getting paid. True. I mean, honestly, right? Like, is that? Yeah, no, that one I don't have as big a problem with as I do with the kid in Memphis. I have a big problem with that one. The, I mean, that's a big. And how much money are we talking about? I, I didn't see the figures. Big college football tomorrow, LSU, Alabama. Tua Tagovailoa expected to play. Can LSU go on the road and knock off the tide in Tuscaloosa? Oh, they finally hit a field goal. They threw another interception, Central Florida, and Tulsa's winning now 34-31 with five minutes left. NFL on pain day includes Patrick Mahomes back for the Chiefs in Tennessee, Rams and Steelers in Pittsburgh, and the Vikings-Cowboys on Sunday night in Dallas. Will Mahomes look like his old self? We'll talk about all the college games, all the pro games, Everything going on this weekend, NBA, NHL, college rack. You get it all on the bench. Brett Hudson is first up from the Tuscaloosa News to talk about Roll Tide and the Bayou Bengals. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS gets you on the bench. Brett Hudson covers the Alabama Tide for the Tuscaloosa News. He joins us to talk about... Alabama, LSU tomorrow in Tuscaloosa at 3.30 on CBS. How you doing, Brett? You know, I'm, I'm doing good now that I'm out of town. Tuscaloosa is an absolute madhouse right now. My house is about 15 minutes away from, from campus, and the, the wife and I went into town earlier this afternoon. It was an absolute zoo out there, and they've got a bunch of events going on near campus tonight. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good now that I'm not in the madhouse that is Tuscaloosa. Alabama this evening. It's almost as if there's a big game in town. It's weird, isn't it? So what do they they what do they go out and hit the bars and party or what's going on? I assume as much, yeah. Uh 
Tuscaloosa is a college town, after all. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this same game, we always hear about how great it's going to be, and then Alabama usually beats their ass. Yeah, that's pretty much the way it's been. And it's kind of nice to have the game uh, reach this sort of significance again because I was in college in the early part of this decade when the game of the century was happening and and Bama LSU was this awesome – nationally relevant battle every single year um so it's nice to see it get back to that because frankly it's been a good four or five years since i've even considered it mathematically possible that lsu could beat alabama but now lsu has done this marvelous thing where they've discovered the forward pass and modernized their offense and all of a sudden they're an incredibly good football team it's funny how that works out but the the result has given us uh, one more chapter in what's been a pretty impressive run of sig- of significant football between Bama and LSU, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, what do you think of the people that have said that uh, Tua Tagovailoa, who's you know been injured and now he's allegedly uh, coming back tomorrow, and I'm you know feeling pretty certain he'll play in that football game. So, um, what do you think of the people that are saying that he's uh, kind of regressed and that he's uh, not the same quarterback that he was and that he, uh, you know, all this tank for Tua stuff is going out the window because uh, there's people like Joe Burrow who uh, his his stock is soaring and, and now I'm hearing, like, people are down on Tagovailoa in terms of that he's the, he's not the number one. Well, I've, I've seen a little bit of that, not a ton of it, but I, I was looking at the numbers in the open week before uh, this LSU week leading up to the game and – the numbers are somewhat similar to what he was last year, but they're also exactly what you would expect of him. I, I know last time I was on this show, I mentioned how Tua uh, kind of took a uh, take what's given to you. The, the phrase we heard him say several times was, you can't go broke taking a profit. And if that meant going to a dump off or taking a, a short or intermediate route instead of trying to force the issue downfield, then that's what it meant. And it's easy to do that when you have a wider receiving core as good as is this one, um, but that, that approach is very much evident in, in his numbers. His completion percentage is up about 4% or so, and, and yes, his yards per attempt are down, uh, I think from 13-ish yards attempt last year to like 11-ish yards attempt this year, but that 11 yards per attempt is second in the nation uh, right now, ironically behind Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, so do with that juxtaposition what you will, but it's not like Tua's numbers are – are significantly worse this year. And frankly, there there are a lot of NFL uh, systems that would do better statistically with this year's version of Tua than last year's version. Because last year's version would take some risks that that NFL uh, folk would would rather him not. And and this year's version of Tua is very far from that. So I, I actually think Tua is better suited for the NFL this year than he was last year for those reasons and because the offensive offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, does come from the NFL. He said he would put some pro-style pass concepts in this playbook, and he has. And Tua seems to execute those pretty well when, when he's given the opportunity. So I, I actually think Tua is more more well-equipped for the NFL now than he was this time last year. Do you think that uh, Brett Hudson with us from the Tuscaloosa News, do you think that because uh, their passing game, it, the receivers are so great with Judy Smith and – and Ruggs and Waddle, that uh, that they're just going to uh, 
you know, throw the ball, uh, you know, in this game because they're so good at it. Uh, and their running game has been, in my view, kind of average with Harris and, and Robinson. It It's not that impressive, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, the the strength of this team is in the wide receiver core and, and, I, and Tua. And, and I think they're aware of that. So if push came to shove, uh, which we expect it to, right, it's what, like a five-and-a-half point, six-point spread, uh, we, we assume that, that they'll – put the ball in, in their hands and let them be the ones that decide the game. But you go back to the the season rushing numbers, and, yeah, the season rushing numbers aren't very good because they took, or at least not up to the quote-unquote Bama standard, because they took probably three weeks, four weeks, which at this point is half of the sample size, right, only eight games into the season, really figuring itself out. You go back to that South Carolina game, they barely ran it at all. And when they did, they didn't run it very well so they really kind of set their jaw to being able to run the football and of course a couple weeks after that they made a change on the offensive line it was mostly due to injury they had to move the Florida State transfer Landon Dickerson from right guard to center and put Deontay Brown in at right guard who missed the first four games of the year due to a NCAA suspension but that new combination with uh, Deontay Brown in at right guard has been an absolutely mauling combination and plus they're, they're very deep on the offensive line. So they've been able to take a couple of offensive linemen, Kendall Randolph and Chris Owens, and convert them to tight ends, like gave them the new jersey numbers and and everything. Kendall Randolph was 60-something. Chris Owens was 79. They both have numbers in the 80s now. And put them in as tight ends and basically use them as extra offensive linemen sets when they're in down-and-distance situations and field position situations where it behooves them to just maul people they have those extra offensive linemen they can put in as tight ends to to do that. So while I, I don't I don't think anybody's kidding themselves and admitting that uh, Tua and this wide receiver group are the strength of of the offense and of the team as a whole, they have been showing progress in the run game, but it's also come mostly against bad teams, against Ole Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas, Texas A and M. The opinions vary. On them, so the, the running game has shown improvement, but this is going to be the the best test of the season, which says something because this isn't the LSU defense that that we normally see. They're not god awful by by any stretch, but it's not the the top ten unit that we come to expect from the Tigers. Do you think um, you know both of these teams have had their struggles, believe it or not, in the red zone? Uh, and same thing with Alabama last year against Clemson. Trouble inside uh, the red zone, and then LSU has all kinds of problems, believe it or not, inside the 10. I was looking at all those crazy stats. And then both teams have issues with their kicking games and, you know, field goals and, and the like. Do you think all that is going to become a huge factor in that game tomorrow is, is red zone issues and field goal issues and, and problems in those uh, various divisions of their game? I could, I could definitely, I see your point, and I can definitely see where both of those, uh, both of those situations are, are ultimately swing factors in the game. Because if you look at both teams and they're built relatively the same way, they have very complex and efficient and explosive passing attacks, and they both have good quarterbacks. They both have good wide receiving cores. They don't really plan on stopping inside the 15, inside the 10, because they're kind of counting on explosive plays to, to score their, their touchdowns. They don't really – they don't plan on going on the 9-play, 10-play, 75-yard, 6-minute scoring drive. That's not really 
part of their DNA. Now, with everything I mentioned about Alabama and the run game and the offensive line earlier, they're trying to add that to their arsenal when they want to use it. Uh, but that's clearly not the strength of their team. And you could say the same for, for LSU. So if either of these offenses are stall inside the 20, inside the 15, inside the 10 at times, and they have to go into goal line situations where they're playing in a phone booth, right? They don't have the same spread spacing uh, advantage that they have when the ball's on the 40, for example. That could very well decide the game, and I think it goes back to the offensive line tight end role I mentioned earlier. Bama's gone to that uh, more than once in, in that situation pretty frequently now that I think about it. They'll even put uh, non-fullbacks, because who has a fullback on the roster anymore, but they'll put non-fullbacks at the fullback position in an I form. It used to be a linebacker, Ale Caho, but he broke his hand, so then it was a, a backup tight end, Giles Amos. Uh, so you're you're looking at goal line sets from Alabama that you're, you're probably averaging over 330 pounds uh, on the field at that point. So Alabama likes to think they're equipped for that, but again, this is this is going to be the biggest test of that. Yeah, I can't wait to see these two uh, throwing uh, some, you know, twenty to thirty yard type plays because Burrow's better than Tagovailoa at it. His numbers are sixty three percent on anything over twenty, and and Tagovailoa is thirty eight percent. So I want to see if if throwing it twenty plus in this game it, it becomes a factor. There's a lot of things I can't wait to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Three thirty on CBS tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. Brett, great stuff tonight on the uh, Bama-LSU game. Thanks for coming on the bench. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, Brett Hudson of the Tuscaloosa News. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS gets you benched. Don't forget to sign up for PharrellOnTheBench.com. How about last night? I went 25-6 and six in my bets, including the Raiders to win and getting one and a half. I went... Uh, seven and one in the NBA, five and one in college basketball, eight and three in the NHL, and three and one in college football. Twenty-five and six, eighty-one percent winners. All bets documented. Last week NFL seventy percent, including five zero and one in my top six plays, nine four and one in spreads. And college football last week, I hit my top five plays, six of my top seven, and hit sixty-six percent of the bets. Pharrellonabench.com is the best site for picking winners anywhere, period. Sign up. Hide the money from your wife. You'll love it. All right. So I'm watching this uh, Knicks game, right? They're up one on Dallas with four and a half to go. And I got to tell you, uh, Morris at the line makes it two. So I'm watching Porzingis in this game. He's got 28 points, right? And he's got five block shots. The guy is just going off. 11 of 21 from the floor. I've seen him miss a couple of turnaround J's and threes. He just shot an air ball three. He's had his, you know, moments. But 11 of 21 from the floor, four three-pointers, two of three from the line, eight rebounds, five block shots, one turnover. He's got he's playing with five fouls right now, so he's got uh, no room for error. But there's, you know, four minutes left in the game. It's a three-point Nick lead. And uh, they played great in Dallas tonight. There's just no getting around it. So all I know is um, usually the Knicks always find a way to blow these games. You name it, it doesn't matter when, who, where, you know, whatever the situation, they always lose. I mean, they literally lose every game like they literally that they play. (laughs) I mean, they never win. And they're playing their asses off tonight in this game. 
You know what I mean? They're really giving Dallas problems. And Doncic is doing whatever he wants, and, and Borzingis as well. But Doncic with a huge turnover there, just doing way too much with the Rock, going up and down the court trying to take on the Knicks by himself, and he turned it over. So timeout, uh, three and a half to go, 95-92 Knicks. And um, I got to tell you, they look pretty good tonight. I'll give them that. Morris has 27. He's 9-20 from the floor, four threes. Nilakina has four threes. He's got 14 points, six boards, four dimes, four steals. So Nilakina played his ass off tonight. I'll give him that. The longest tenured Nick, if you can even believe it. Randall's got 16 in the game, two threes. And then uh, Barrett's got three points. He's been a disaster in this game, one of nine from the floor. And six boards, four assists. He plays a lot of minutes, but uh, you cannot survive on those kind of numbers. I mean, honestly, one of nine from the floor, 0 of one from three, one of four from the line. That's terrible. He's a minus 12. Barrett having a rough night. Bobby Portis has 14. Knox has six. Knox is down to 15 minutes. Uh, They barely, I mean, he's literally barely playing. Which, you know, remember last year, Mafia, that guy was playing all the time. And now they get, he's playing 15 minutes. How do you play Barrett 34 minutes a game and the guy can't hit a shot? I mean, I don't have a problem playing him 34 minutes. I'm not into this whole disastrous load management BS. Here's the deal. The kid's, what, 22 years old, 21 years old. He's a, a rookie and he's a, you know, what was he, number three pick? Let's like let's let him play. I got no problem, you know, giving massive minutes. I have no problem with that. What I have a problem with is that he's out there chucking bricks and he's playing terrible tonight and he's doing absolutely nothing. So why is he playing? He's doing nothing. He's one of nine. He's just a waste of space. He's had a horrible game. Sit his ass down for the last three minutes. Why is he playing? Yeah, I'm with you on uh, the last three minutes. I mean, obviously uh, – other parts of the game, you want him in there because you want the kid to shoot through it. You want him to figure out his thing. He's got to go through these growing pains in the NBA. But if you're in clutch time right now and you get a chance to win this game. Put Portis put in. He's got in 14 there. in the game. He's hit f- uh, five jumpers. He's got 12 rebounds. You need the size, boards. You're going up against Porzingis and, and Doncic. They're both huge, right? They're, you're up five. Put in Portis. Go with Nilakina, Morris, Randall, and Gibson. You got a violent physical lineup a bigs, and one guard, right? I mean, honestly, that's what they need. And not only that, Nilakina can handle the rock. So can Morris and Randall. That's who I'd have out there right now. Not some guy that's playing too many minutes tonight that can't hit the broadside of a barn. He's a waste of space. I like Barrett's game, don't get me wrong. But tonight, he doesn't have it. No, so, tonight he's definitely off. So sit his ass down and play Randall or play Portis, who's got, you know, 14 points and 12 boards, for Christ's sakes. Why is he not on the floor? And the thing with Knox is that they have so many guys at that, like, small forward, power forward, you know, in-between spot that they signed this offseason between, you know, Morris, Gibson, you know, Portis can play that spot too, Randall. So it's like it's always going to be a fight for minutes, it seems, and it's going to be, I guess, they're just going to ride the hot hand. But sometimes he's going to get left out in the cold, and that kind of sucks. Like, you want that guy to develop, but you signed so many guys at the same damn position this offseason. So uh, Porzingis just missed an easy elbow jumper, and now it's a seven-point Nick lead with two and a half to go. And here's the deal. Doncic has 34 in a game, 12 of 24 from 
Uh, the floor, 3 of 10 from downtown. Perfect 7-7 seven, seven, uh, from the stripe. 13 boards, 9 dimes. He's one dime away from a triple-double. He's incredible. The problem I have with this team is that they have, you know, they have Doncic and Porzingis are the only ones that score. I mean, literally, nobody else has done anything. Powell's got one. Finney Smith, three. Lee's got two. Jackson has three. Kleber has eight. Brunson has three. That kid Brunson can play, but he's he's getting 15 minutes and three points. That's, you know, drowning him. Uh, Seth Curry is scoreless. Wright has two. Do you see what I'm saying? They have two guys that do everything, and no one else can do a thing. They absolutely have no one else that can score. It's so obvious what their problem is. They got two players on the whole team. That's all that they have. They don't have anybody else that they can really go to in a big spot. You should be able to beat them then. All right, you would think. But those two players are better than anybody else that the Knicks has. Well, they're great. They're better than anybody that the Knicks has, period. I, I, so I, I This is the get... NBA, so one or two players can beat a team with no, no good star players on it. And the reports that I've seen tonight from all the Nick uh, pom-pom waivers is that uh, Nilakina has actually had a really strong game. Best game. Defensively, he's been really good. Dude, he's uh, got he's got four steals. Yeah, he's been really good on the fourteen. On the he, he's side hit tonight. four of five from downtown. Has fourteen points and four steals. That's a game right there. How about this? Uh, not only that, he's got six boards and four dimes, and three block shots. Nilakina with four steals and three block shots. That might be the best game the kids ever played. We were driving in. We were driving in, listening to the game, and, and they were talking about he's the longest tenured Nick. Can you believe that, Frank Nilakina? What's he been there three years? Yeah, I mean, that, and then they just picked up his option for next year, so they actually still believe in the kid, the French guard, right? He actually likes playing for the Knicks. I mean, and he's been, you know he's gotten a much bigger role than they expect him to have at this point this year because you had you know Des Smith Jr. out, you've had uh, the other guard out because of the, you know, you've had a lot of family issues that have driven some of the other guards to take some time off. So he's been thrust into a big spot for them getting a lot of minutes. So who's the other one that's been out? You're, no, it's been it's been uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is the only one that's been out because uh, everybody else is playing. Uh, the only other guy is Brad Zegas, the kid from Michigan. And Oh, you mean Ellington? He's not playing. He's another guy that shoots bricks. Reggie Bullock has also been out. Yeah, they don't even. Oh, yeah, Reggie Bullock had a death in a family too, right? Yeah, his sister. He's got game. Right, but I mean, those guys are probably going to be the ones taking all the minutes. I like Bullock. Watch, so he's been in there a lot of time. Right. That they didn't expect. Him I to don't play. mind Bullock. Uh, I like him better than Ellington and this and that. Trier's the guy that I like. Trier can fill it up, but you give him 17 minutes tonight, he does absolutely nothing. He's one to three with four points. I don't understand how a guy that scores as much as him just takes the night off. And Dotson can shoot too. We heard him at a three in the car, and he has that. That's all he's got one bucket in the whole game, played seven minutes. So, I mean, they got guys that can score, and they don't play him. Meanwhile, they play Barrett 33 minutes, and he's hit one shot. That, that I have a problem with. You're going to have nights like that in his rookie year. That's what I'm saying, though. The, the problem is, and you walked out for a minute. I said, listen, if a guy's played 34 minutes, has one bucket, why are you not playing Portis? who's got 14 and 12 boards in 15 minutes, and you get the size to finish this game off. There's a minute left. You'd have Gibson, Randall, Morris, Nilakina, and Portis on the floor, and it's game over. Because they don't actually care about winning this game. And, wh- and what I mean by that uh, is— I'm going to have a stroke. No, no, no. Did you just what, say that? No, what I mean by that is, is even though the kid only has one bucket in all those minutes played tonight, they want him on the floor— 
in these situations. To learn. Having a lead late in the game, final two minutes. They, 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 him getting those quality uh, uh, minutes. Ties with the follow, dunk. That's, that's worth game more, over. To that, more to him, them than him sitting on the bench while this is going on. Look at Doncic doing it all by himself, scoring every time down. It is crazy watching this guy score. He's got 38 now. It's a four-point game with 30 seconds left. What's the call now? Is that a foul? They're going to call a foul on the pass from Barrett to Nilakina? I'm assuming that's what it is. I'm also rocking the uh, Brooklyn-Portland game at the Moda in Rip City. I I'm, got it all going tonight. I'm heavily involved in this Washington-Oregon State game here. Tonight. Oh, wait. On, on you got FS4. it going? It just started. Well, as yeah. soon as the Nick game's over, I'm going to that. Yeah, that's. I'm all in on Washington here tonight. Washington on the road in Corvallis. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're smoking fatties up there tonight at that game. And that, wasn't there like a big line on that game? Ten. It, and Oregon State's getting ten. Yes. You know, the funny thing is, I, I, I mentioned this earlier in the week, was that Oregon State, you know, they're awful. I get it. But did you know that uh, they're getting ten? They have covered like nobody's business this season. They have six covers in eight games. They've covered the spread six times in eight games. Meanwhile, they rarely win. They've got one, two, three, four, four wins, but six covers. They, they're in every game they play, and they won their last two games. They beat Cal, and they beat Arizona. And how about this? They won both of those games, Carver High, on the road. Your boy, the Bees. Yeah, no, look, I, I know that they've played well this year. For some reason, Washington hasn't either. I, I just think that they're going to take care of business tonight. I think Washington a little bounce back here for them. Washington, uh, you could have got 11 with the Beavs in this game. Is there any score in that game yet? Scoreless. Uh, Ten minutes left in the first All right, Washington's quarter. lost three of their last four. They lost to Stanford, then beat Arizona, and then lost to Oregon 35-31 and lost to Utah 33-28 last week. So they've had their own fair share of problems. Remember when they were going to win the Pac-12? Remember when Oregon and Washington were the favorites? I thought Utah was the team to play, uh, to you know, bet on in uh, the Pac-12 this year. And they're still playing really good football right now, right? Utah is when it matters most. But, all right, so uh, your boy Randall just hit a, a free throw clutch. They're up five with 30 seconds left. Clutch rebound, too, because Barrett missed his front end of the one-on-one, -on -one, and Randall got the rebound and got the foul. I love it. I love watching these games. I, honestly, I can't get enough of it. I, I really can't. I could sit here all night and watch NBA and analyze games. I really could. I'm like your boy Kamla now over there just, you know, focusing on one thing, NBA, nothing else in life. That's all he cares about is the NBA. I know people like that that just follow golf or one sport. They're all soft. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.